Many countries are developing CBDCs and some have even implemented them because so many countries are researching ways to transition to digital currencies it is important to understand what they are and what they mean to the economy hello listeners my name is ritika and today we are pleased to bring you another podcast on central bank digital currency with dr juliet ongwai consultant at microsave consulting Juliet holds a PhD and has more than 15 years of experience working with government entities and financial institutions in sub-Saharan Africa. Juliet specializes in digital transformation of financial institutions, policy design, financial inclusion and responsible financing. Hello Juliet, welcome to the podcast. Thank you Ritika. Juliet, my first question to you is what is the difference between cbdc and cryptocurrency thanks ritika so a cbdc um we would say is a digital form of central bank money that is uh, wide, widely available to the general public so what this means is that they are based on um, the country's fiat currency value um and to break it down i would say that cbdc is it's really traditional money but in digital form it's still issued and um, governed by the country's central bank um and then it is still influenced in terms of supply and value by the country's uh, monetary policies um then trade surpluses and central bank so it, it really works like um traditional money just that it's in digital form so we are seeing um cbdc can either be wholesale what that means is um by financial institutions or it can also be used uh, for retail so this would be by the general public um by households or by businesses um the cbdcs can either be account based which is um likely the way that um countries will go which means that they will rely on some form of identification or they can also be token based which means then it allows some uh, uh anonymity in payments um but in most cases we'll find that the cbdc will still be structured um uh, in the same two tier structure of uh, a typical monetary system um so there'll be that division of labor between public and private sector so it appears that cryptocurrencies and cbdcs uh, uh, are similar but we do see some differences between the two um cryptocurrencies are typically based on distributed ledger technology which means that um uh, several devices um across the world rather than a single central hub so this means they are distributed across the world instead instead of being within um a single central hub the way you'd find with cbdc um while cbdc is in centralized digital currency and it's controlled by central bank um so it can only be accessed and interacted with by certain financial institutions with the appropriate permissions um so you find that um these cryptocurrencies they are, they are stored in a decentralized blockchain network um so th- what this means is that these transactions can be um conducted they are authenticated and recorded in a public ledger 
without any third party interference. Um, and they're also not controlled by any government authority. Um, so the owners of this cryptocurrency, they have direct access to, this, um, to their coins. Um, and these coins are secured by encryption. However, you find that the cryptocurrencies also um, are highly volatile. Um, and for example, um, a popular cryptocurrency like Bitcoin um, requires you to use a wallet address for the transaction. So this means you do not need to reveal your personal um, in information. So that's what I would say. Um, they do appear very similar, but there are some key differences between the two. Thanks, Juliet, for sharing a clear distinction between CBDC and cryptocurrency. Uh, can you help our listeners to understand what is the main reasons why central banks around the world want to launch a digital currency? Um, so as you alluded in, the, in your opening, CBDCs are, are not just a theoretical concept. So we do have um, some live CBDCs as we speak um, and a lot of um, proof of concepts globally. So as we speak, we have more than, I think, 60 central banks that are exploring um, CBDC at um, different levels of maturity. So why the interest in CBDC? I think um, I'll start with financial inclusion, especially in emerging market economies where we are seeing a population that could be unbanked or underserved, then CBDC would play a great role in terms of financial inclusion. Um, and that becomes a very important motivation for, um, for central banks. Um, CDBC, CBDC would enable the people to transact and save digitally without them needing a formal bank account. So we see in countries like Kenya with M-Pesa, um, how that has helped with financial inclusion. So in other countries that do not have um, this M-Pesa model, um, a CBDC would then help to bring um, the population into uh, formal banking or formal financial um, system. So it's also um, practically costless. So it would enhance the efficiency of that payment system. So it, it removes this cost of implementing the financial structure within a country. So it then makes it easy to bring financial access to this underserved population. So definitely financial inclusion must be a, a big motivation for central banks. Second would be about cross-border transactions. Um, so as, as I said, um, it, it's practically costless. Um, and so it makes it uh, local and international transfers um, very easy. They can happen instantly um, and would, would cost um, or would have lower fees than a traditional banking system, you know, where you have different types of banks um, trying to speak to each other. Um, all this now is a digital transaction. So it then uh, takes away the barriers of, um, of borders. Um, it would um, drastically minimize this task of trying to verify where the funds um, are coming from, or you know, also help with the risk monitoring. 
which are some of the issues uh, or concerns that central bank have when it, when you're talking about cross-border um, transactions. So beyond reducing costs, it also, since you have um, all this data that is, is, is collected um, with the cryptocurrency, it, becomes, it makes monitoring uh, so much easier, especially for cross-border transactions. And linked to that would be my third point, which is around um, combating illegal activities. So we know that uh, central bank's uh, biggest concern um, is in terms of uh, the illegal activities that you find with physical cash, because yes. it allows um, the funds to be hidden and they can be you know, transfer, transferred outside this uh, surveilled financial system. Yeah? But now with CBDC, these payments or these transfers would be easy to identify and trace back to, to the, their previous sources. Um, so this would uh, really reduce fraud and money laundering risks. Um, however, there's of course some risks uh, still with uh, CBDC, which we'll talk about uh, later. Um, I want to also talk about um, possibly where you have CBDC that are interest bearing, um, so where they, they offer interest, um, this would also then contribute a lot to the, the, the macroeconomic stability, because now with interest rate adjustments, you'd have the advantage of not being constrained by, you know, this effective lower bound in response to severe um, adverse shocks. So it could be also one of the motivations why um, central banks would want to launch a digital currency. So there's much more, but I think I'll stop there. Thank you so much, Juliet. I think you um, gave a fair reasons of why central banks around the world want to launch a digital currency. You also mentioned what is the potential implications of CBDC to the economy. Can you Throw some light on that. Yes. Um, so when you think of uh, CBDC, um, it's scalable. So it can go across, you know, uh, borders. It's secure to some extent. Um, it's very uh, liquid, um, just like cash. Um, it has the potential for for interest. Um, uh, and can be used internationally. So of course it would have an implication um, uh, for the economy. Um, and I want to touch on um, an, an implication on commercial banks, um, an implication on the financial stability and third would be monetary policy. So the first implication on commercial bank would uh, really be um, around this interest bearing uh, central bank digital currencies. So a structure of the banking system can determine whether introducing this CBDC uh, is, is positive or negative, you know, whether it brings efficiency gains or losses. Um, so why I say that is by offering uh, a CBDC, especially this uh, interest bearing ones, what is happening is that the central bank is now encouraging um, commercial banks to make their own deposits more attractive. Yeah, 
um, and then that would increase the cost of funds for these commercial banks. Um, and eventually would adversely impact the aggregate lending and investment uh, for commercial banks. So um, case in point, if a central bank today issued an interest bearing uh, CBDC, um, because uh, money sitting in central bank is perceived to be risk-free, um, you'd find then deposit holders would want to move their money out of commercial banks, isn't it? Um, and into now this interest bearing CBDC. Um, then that leaves the commercial bank um, exposed um, and now would have to um, uh, find very expensive sources of funds because uh, deposits are usually um, a cheap source of funds for commercial banks. So there is that possible impact um, on, on um, commercial banks. Um, when you look up at financial stability in general, um, which is tied to my first point, um, a CBDC being a, a safe, safe substitute for commercial bank deposits has an implication on the financial stability in general. Um, and so you'd find that there can be um, a risk uh, uh, of, of a bank run. So not necessarily uh, a run on a single uh, uh, or an individual bank, but a systemic uh, run where everybody now removes um, their deposits from uh, their bank accounts and now all deposit into um, the, the central bank. In terms of impact or implication on uh, monetary policy, um, I would want to say because um, CBDC is digital, it means it can provide information to the central bank, which they can now exploit, isn't it? So they, they are able to use this um, information um, which can be, what, what can we say? It can be programmable. So um, it helps them as they're making their um, monetary policy decisions, of course, um, because now this is uh, based on data or it's, it's uh, better informed. However, it also raises these privacy concerns. Um, so they, there's always a trade-off um, because now, this uh, CBDC surveillance would allow you know, the central bank to be able to trace where citizens have been, what they are spending their money on, um, their, their transaction history. So there is an element of um, invasion of privacy, um, which again can be detrimental, especially to democracy, uh, or especially in an unstable um, you know, governance or government uh, then you know the data can be used negatively. So there is positive to it, and of course there's elements um, that uh, would raise some concern. Yeah, I think you sum up it really well. Um, you mentioned some risk associated with CBDC. So can you highlight on those risks? Yes, so I'll touch on a few, but um, I, I just want to say that the effect of these CBDCs uh, are still 
uh, unknown. Yeah, how, how this, how a shift to CBDC would affect, say, the household uh, expenses, the banking reserves, the interest rates, the financial sector, the economy is still unknown. Um, but there are some risks that we can speak on. I think I've talked about the first one, which yeah. is privacy, um, which is the most significant driver behind cryptocurrency. So um, CBDC requires um, a, a, an appropriate amount of intrusion by authorities to monitor um, for financial crime. So there's positive to that, but of course, um, this monitoring is um, much as is important because it supports um, efforts to, com to combat um, money laundering um, could also be um, issues and concerns around um, how it is used, um, especially in this era of data privacy. Um, second, just like any other um, cryptocurrency, um, it would be susceptible to um, hacking. Um, so you see uh, cryptocurrencies um, have been a target to hackers and, 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 um, and thieves. So this would be, again, the same kind of risk that a CBDC would be facing. Um, so um, a central bank would need to put in place you know, systems um, to prevent uh, system penetration um, and the theft of um, this information um, because of course the impact would be very significant. This was an insightful podcast. The conversation on central bank digital currency, CBTC, has helped us to understand more about CBTC and what they bring to the economy. Thank you again, Juliet, for sharing this insightful session with us. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope this session was as enriching for you as it was for us. Also, if you want to know more about such topical issues, I would highly recommend that you check out our website and follow our work on social media such as LinkedIn and Twitter. Bye for now and see you soon in our next podcast. Mm -hmm.